All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's after 4 o'clock. How are you? Gregor, Connor Halley, with you. And the Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.com. CA Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the lovely province of Alberta. PlayAlberta.ca. Text line 833-401-1440. Hey, Greg, how much longer until you get to cut your hair? Well, not that I'm counting, but uh, eight weeks and four days. Man, that is going to be the ultimate pause of Friday. Whew. Jeez. You know what? Maybe I might have to plan ahead. Remember uh, many moons ago where um, when we uh, just now we did it in a very serious note, so I probably couldn't do it because I'd be celebrating too much. But we we wanted to show an example because at the time, Nikolai Habibulin had uh, blown 0.14 and claimed he'd had one glass of wine. And we're like, are you serious? Come on. So we got together with uh, the Edmonton police and, and other people. We made it official. And so we did an experiment live on the radio, uh, myself and Meg, and where we would have uh, one shooter and one highball every half hour. And uh, Meg, you know, it shows different size. You know, at that time, I was probably a, much more of a party person than I am now. And so, uh, you know, I guess you know, a little bit more will, ability to, to handle my alcohol. Anyway, um, for the last hour and a half, because it wasn't going up quick enough, because we wanted to see how much it would take to to blow that that much. And uh, we, we had to cut Meg off at four o'clock, two hours in. And, cause, and we, she didn't drink again, but she kept doing the breathalyzer. 
And from not drinking after 4 o'clock, by the end of the show, she had gone from 0.14 to 0.18, which just shows you that, you know, it doesn't register right away. It'd take a while, and then it's pretty dangerous. So I would say that if there was ever a time for me to drink on the air again, it would be the 9th of February. It will be uh, it will be a glorious day for myself. And uh, yeah, counting down the days now is probably dumb because it's such a long ways away. It's still 60 days, but... It's a, it's a good 60 days, I'll tell you that. Did you happen to see the way Shohei Otani's contract is being paid? No, I have not. Jeff Passan of ESPN, and I'll read this to you. Shohei Otani's $700 million contract calls for him to be paid only $2 million a year for the next 10th season, with $680 million being deferred until the end of the deal. The CBT hit on the contract is going to be around $46 million, a huge discount for L.A. Okay, so what's the CBT? What does that mean? The CBT hit. Is that like their cap, salary cap? Uh, I believe so. I'm going to get the official thing here. Competitive balance tax. So hmm. the breakdown here. Yeah, and Fabian Arda was the first to report it, so we yeah. should say that. Um, so Atani proposed a structure and the towards the end negotiation he wanted to defer his salary. So his off-field earnings are significant enough. Well, of course they are. <laughs> right? Um two million's enough. Come on. Yeah. It's uh Yeah, I'm I'm kinda so they defer the payments over like the rest of his life then. He gets like is he like Bobby Bonilla? Is he getting paid out over thirty years? Is that what it is? Well, that's what came to mind. Hmm. So he's he's saving them some money, and then they just pay him after the fact? Deferred money is limitless, <laughs> is how it works in the uh, in the MLB CBA. So, wow. There will be no limitations on either the amount of def- deferred compensation or the percentage of total compensation attributable to deferred compensation for which a uniform player's contract may provide, is the exact terminology. Wow. So he does this because the uh, Dodgers save money right away. Um, benefit just seems like cap circumvention. It seems shady, yeah, that they would do this. Yeah, but you know what? It's not cap circumvention because they haven't closed a loophole, so it's legal based on the current loophole. Right there, you go. Hey, Greggs, can you explain uh, the bet why you lost, why you can't cut your hair? Well, because the orders lost San Jose. Made an off-the-cuff comment about the orders wouldn't lose to San Jose. There's no chance. They're terrible. And Connor asked me, well, how confident are you? He said, well, I'd even grow my hair out for six months because I don't think they'll lose. And then they lost, despite having a power play in the last two and a half minutes. Not that I remember every moment of that game, but just saying. And uh, then if they won five in a row, it would be the sentence would be cut in half. There's no benefit, though. If they win 10 in a row, it doesn't get cut in half again. I should have put that in. Because if Connor would have, if I would have said, hey, you know what, five winning streak half, but you know what, if it's 10 gamer, it's down to two months. No one would have said, oh, no, that's going to happen too often because the orders have never won. In franchise history, they've never won 10 in a row. They're one of only six NHL franchises, actually, to never have won 10 games in a row, which leads me to my next question from people. Gregor, what are the chances the orders are like Columbus? Didn't they win 14 in a row? They did. Buffalo one year won 10 or 11, still missed the playoffs. That's pretty hard to do. 
Yeah, the Oilers in Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings, one of the original six teams, have never won 10 in a row. Also, Dallas, Arizona, Winnipeg, and I think it's Minnesota. The other team has never won 10 in a row. So the Oilers, hey, they still got, they're only 70% of the way there. I'd be fairly confident they win tomorrow. They're playing great. Chicago just isn't that good. But as we just saw, Chicago shut out St. Louis. So you still got to show up and you got to play. But if the Oilers play the way they're playing, they'll win this game. And I think they might blow them out. Like you look at how many goal posts they hit yesterday and how many great save Marc-Andre Fleury made on Friday night. The Oilers easy could add six or seven goals. I could smell a big offensive night for the Edmonton Oilers if they choose not to take Chicago lightly. I don't think they will. But that's it. So, uh, also, Tampa Bay, Florida. Hey, they spanked the orders on that road trip. Orders had a 2 nothing lead in both games, lost them both. So, that's probably fresh in their mind. But you never know. You never know if... Uh, if they could get to 10. It's never happened. That's crazy to think. They've never found a way. You know, Columbus, lots of these other teams have done it. The Orders have never found a way to win 10 in a row. So they won eight in a row uh, five times in the, in the 83-84 and 84-85 seasons. They never won more than that. They won nine in 2001. Remember the uh, Doug Waite, Jason Smith era? That's when they won nine. And then, of course, they won nine in a row at the end of last season. So that's it. It's only going eight this time, too, Gregor, as I've said. Only eight. Only eight. Oh, yeah. Connor called an eight game, and now he's calling a loss. Wow. So now, he's hey. calling the game tomorrow as a win and then it's a guaranteed a loss. <laughs> want to put anything on that loss? <laughs> no, you taught me you a lesson. Shave your, you want to shave <laughs> your head for it? Come on. It's no big deal. Like, obviously, they'll win, Connor. Yeah. Come on. Obviously, obviously they'll beat they'll the Tampa win. Bay Lightning. Yeah, no like, problem. that's pretty obvious. There's no chance you could lose a bet like I did. Like, very little chance. I, if I was you, I would do it. <laughs> Like, look at all the fun here. Like, look at all the fun I'm having with it. It's a glorious time. It's a glorious time. So, yeah. Um, hey, Gregor, any word on NHL suspensions? No, but, man, there's going to be a few of them. What would be your guess on David Perron? David Perron's probably going to get four games, is my guess. And I think Gabranson, eh, he probably gets two. That would be my guess on those two suspensions. If you missed it, uh, David Perron. So in the Ottawa game, it's a very weird situation where there was a collision in front of the net. Uh, Joseph was in front of Larkin. Zub was behind him. He kind of leans down. Joseph hits him, and Larkin's knocked right out. Like, it doesn't look good. And David Perron, who was there and probably didn't see who had actually made the contact, well, he just got upset and basically cross-checks uh, Zub in the side of the head, which, of course, is not looking good, especially when Zub wasn't the one who hit Larkin, ultimately, it was Joseph. So I think even though he's never had a suspension, he still did what he did. I think they're going to probably, I'm going to guess four for that. Then you had Gabranson, who uh, Cousins hit him with a blatant hit from behind. Like you can't hit a guy from behind more. From the side, catapult him into the boards like he did. He hit him right directly in the numbers. All his weight is right between the fours. You can see it on the replay. It's painfully obvious. How the league decides that's not a major is mind-blowing to me. But it just shows you where the NHL sits when it comes to hits from behind. They don't care about them. They don't think they're that dangerous. And trust me, they're going to continue until someone gets hurt. I don't like using that, but it's a fact. 
when did they change on headshots? Because too many guys were getting their bell rung and knocked out. The fact that Sidney Crosby was one of them played a factor. But even then, it didn't make it instant, but it was a factor. And now, when was the last time you saw a chicken wing? Guy flaring up his elbow to knock a guy out. You don't see it very often. Why? Because the players know it's frowned upon. It's no, it comes with severe consequences of multiple game suspensions. Lost money. Missing games. But they don't do it for hit, shot, hits from behind. Like Evander Kane, that's a penalty all day long on Jonas Brodeen. It should be. But it's not even a minor penalty. That shows you how little regard the NHL has for hits from behind. That's sad. But the Gabranson one, he gets rocked from behind. They rule it a minor joke. And guess what? Five minutes later, he's like, screw you. I'll take matters in my own hands. He grabs Cousins, um, pretends he's Frank Costanza's, raining blows upon him. There's got to be a better way. And he had his glove on for the most of them. So that's why I think he'll get two games. That's, so I'm going to say four and two. I don't know if if Strom, uh, the knee on knee, that was, that was pretty bad on Kyle Connor. I could see maybe if he gets a game, just based on previous ones. So it's funny. Cousins, who had the worst hit of them all, is going to come away with a minor penalty on it. Joke, in my opinion. Absolute joke on how they view um, those type of plays. Gregor, just one more thing. Uh, sorry to go back to Shohei Otani. This is Bob Nightingale via our producer, Declan Kruger, passing this along. It also benefits him for tax repercussions. If he's not living in California, once his deferred payment starts, he's Ooh. not subjected to the heavy California tax. Wow. That's a big brain on Shohei and his Jeez. agent. <laughs> so that's huge. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, coming up, uh, order fans, did you sit back? You know, you're calm now. You're like, hey, season's pretty good. Imagine Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Evan Bouchard. I think they're pretty skilled players. We'd all agree. I think lots of people think that right now, McDavid and Dreisaitl could be Hall of Famers. We'll see. Like Bouchard way too early in his career. But what about having three Hall of Famers and one really good player and you can't score on the power play? How? How is it possible? It's happening right now. We'll discuss why. And also, he's back. One of the more emotionally inducing players in recent memory for Oiter fan. You just say the name. And the emotional response you will get will be instant mama bear or instant ripping. There's no in between. You're either protective or you're like terrible. We'll discuss that player next. Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 422 Monday afternoon. How are you? Welcome back to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. But a good start. Let's heat it up a little bit for our month of giving package today. It's at $5,000. Steal the deal right now. Five Gs. You get the suite for the Oilers game. It's a 12-seat suite against the Seattle Kraken on 
January 18th. It also includes two underground parking passes, because it might be chilly, and $750 food and beverage credit in the suite that night. So we have it uh, with Trent at a steal right now at 5G's. So let's get it up a little bit. It's all helping out Christmas Bureau. Lots of families in need, so you'll have a great time. Good chance you'll see a win, and you'll be helping out the Christmas Bureau. 833-401-1440 is the uh, the number for you to call. You can also uh, text Connor at the uh, exact same number if you wish. It's uh, it's very simple. Now, let's go uh, to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. You want to check out exciting AJHL action? Go to sprucegrovesaints.ca. Uh, get your tickets this weekend action at the Grant Fear Arena. As uh, Josh Yoey joins us uh, from Pittsburgh, where, oh my goodness, there is no shortage of uh, storylines. Of course, Josh writes at The Athletic. And Josh, I guess we'll start with, I crunched it, they're 0 for 37, which is now tied for the ninth longest streak of uh, futility in uh, in NHL history. Uh, now, they got a ways to go to catch um, Toronto and Tampa and uh, the Cleveland team of 1977. But none of those teams that I looked at had three future Hall of Famers on it. Right. And I get that. I get that. They, Chris Letang was there. But you just put in a right shot for a right shot in Carlson. How can this power play be so bad? What, what's gone wrong? You know, it's funny. I was I was in Florida the other night, and a Panthers writer said to me, "Yeah, I once saw the Panthers, you know, go 43 straight power plays without a goal." And and I said, "Well, did they have three Hall of Famers on their power play?" And and he said, "No." I said, "Well, yeah, it's a little different. Um, it it has been incredible, and it's not like the Penguins have been unlucky on the power play. In general, they haven't come close to scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for the season." They only have seven power play goals all season. They've given up four shorthanded goals, and they've taken three penalties while on the power play. Um, it's futility like I've never seen in my 14 years covering the team. And when you consider it's Crosby, it's Carlson, it's Malkin, it's Jake Gensel. These are great players. Mm-hmm. Um, this shouldn't be happening. So how is it happening um, all I can tell you is they don't really have a net front presence at all. Um, Gensel's a great player. He, he's not exactly Patrick Hornquist when it comes to standing in front of the net. And there's just a refusal to shoot. Um, Carlson, Crosby, Malkin, just trying to make the perfect play constantly. And it's not there. It's not working. But it's it's been shocking to watch, really. Like what's what have the coaches done to try to change it? Like uh, you know, why not throw? Why not just take Carlson off and put Latang back on? Considering that at least the power play had some success there to try to change something. Because I noticed like they were they they've only played the those four together or five for a total of four minutes in the power play all year long, right? So it, it's not like they've used Latang and Carlson uh, a lot of time on the power play together. Uh, yeah, very little, and they did try a little bit early on. With Car- uh, Latang rather on the uh, left wing wall with Carlson at the point that didn't work. It hasn't looked good at all with the two of them out there together. Um, in fact, it's looked really bad. Um, you know, they've tried a couple of things. They tried Riley Smith in front of the net for a little while. Um, that really didn't work. Uh, they've tried Brian Rust here and there for a little while. That didn't work. They're making some changes tomorrow. You're going to see Sidney Crosby playing more on the left flank, which he rarely plays there. Uh, and Evgeny Malkin on the right-wing wall. And all they worked on all day in practice was Crosby feeding Malkin for one-timer. So we'll we'll see if that works. Um, so, I mean, they've tried some 
little things. But the fact is, the only player they really have okay. who is capable and who would be really good in front of the net on the power play is Sidney Crosby. Hmm. He'd be great at it. It's not like you can move him out of there and with the hands that he has, but they just don't want him taking the abuse in that role. They never have. So um, there's the problem. But I, I never thought before the season we would be having this conversation about the Penguins' power play clicking at 9%. Um, it's just it's incredible. It is uh, remar- And the thing is, like, it's costing them. Like, you look at their five-on-five play, they're outscoring teams um, 58 to 46, five-on-five. You know, their penalty kill's decent. This power play is really the only reason. As I looked at how many one-loss or one-goal losses they've had, they had five, and then another three, they gave up an empty netter. So they've been in all these games, Josh, and they just their power play shooting blanks is what's costing them. If the Penguins don't make the playoffs, and that's a distinct possibility, uh, the power play will be the biggest reason because it has already cost them so many points. I mean, there's no question about that. And, and yeah, like you said, the 5-on-5 play has been good. He, I mean, listen, the Penguins have some flaws. Their bottom six is pretty terrible. Um, but in Crosby, Gensel, and Russ, they have arguably the best line in the league. And the penalty killing has been good. The goaltending, Tristan Jari, Alex Nadalkovich have been outstanding. So they've got a lot of elements for a good team. But the power play has completely betrayed them, and it's all of their best players. Nothing about it makes sense. Uh, Crosby, for instance, he only has two power play goals all year, and they both came in the second game of the year against the Capitals. It's not like he's playing poorly. He's been outstanding. Uh, five on five, I mean, he's been one of the best players in the league. You could argue he's been the best. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not transferring over to the power play. And not only are they not scoring on the power play, but it is just completely deflating them. And they, they give up so many chances while they're on the power play. It's, it's been kind of embarrassing to watch lately. Uh, recently, they had a stretch where they gave up a breakaway shorthanded in three consecutive games. Like, think about that. that that's that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's always, it's always Carlson and Malkin at the point just, not making very bright plays and taking chances. And, and, you know, that's what happens. It's like I look at Mike Sullivan on the bench during these power plays and he's just shaking his head. I, I don't even think he knows what to do anymore. Yeah, well, I wonder. Does he ever start the second unit? Uh, he did a couple games ago, actually. I think it was their last game in Florida he did. Um, it, it's not very good either. <laughs> <laughs> if it were any good, they'd probably play that group more. And they tried one game where they split up Crosby and Malkin and gave you know each guy his own unit, and that was a real disaster. Um, so I have to think something's going to give here at some point. Um, I I can't imagine this streak will go on much longer. But listen, it it has cost them many games already, many wins. It it absolutely has. There's no question about it because they're doing everything else relatively well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Eastern Conference is so deep, you can't just keep giving up points like this left and right, and that's what they're doing. Josh, shall we join us talking uh, Penguins? Uh, yes, Apoliarvi came in on, uh, uh, you know, he signed like a, a PTO uh, for, for the uh, Penguins. Um, what, do you, what do you make of his chances to sign with that team? Well, I, they're certainly intrigued. Um, I, I worry about his health. You know, he's got a hip problem, and he, he practiced with the Penguins for the first time on Sunday, yesterday, but he did not practice today, and it sounds like the plan is to really bring him along slowly. Okay. Um, that said, 
you know, it's not like he is without any ability, mm-hmm. and it's not like the Penguins' bottom six is any good. <laughs> and especially right now, they're dealing with injuries. Ricard Raquel has been out a couple of weeks. He's probably out another week. Brian Rust has been really banged up. He's out probably until the new year, I would guess. Um, so they are really hurting for bodies. They, they don't really have anybody in the American Hockey League that can help them up front. Um, so this is probably a good opportunity for him. And you know, I don't need to tell you guys what, you know, he's going to possess the puck a lot. He's probably not going to score a lot. But when you look at the Penguins forwards uh, right now, boy, there, there's some guys, frankly, that should be in the American Hockey League right now. So he, he's got a chance to stick in Pittsburgh if he's healthy. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's the key, right? Uh, um, you know, staying healthy. And uh, I think your description of, of him as a player is fairly accurate, right? Um, uh, maybe it won't hurt you defensively, but uh, isn't going to bring you a lot offensively at this point. Now, he's still a young player at the end of the day. Like He's only 25 years of age. And you know what? Uh, maybe he's a late developer. There's lots of guys who have, uh, have developed later. There's no question about that. And so if he, if he gets the opportunity, lots of players just need an opportunity. So if he gets one, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you mentioned their depth or, or lack thereof in their bottom six. Um, obviously, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying they, they shouldn't have traded for Carlson because those were the bigger areas of need. They didn't necessarily need uh, Carlson. Uh, did you agree with that at the time, Josh? And uh, do you think there's any way for their GM to go out and find some depth for their bottom six? Well, no, I don't agree that they shouldn't have traded for Carlson because really the genius of the Carlson trade from the Penguins' perspective was that they got rid of a lot of players that they no longer wanted, um, namely Mikel Granlund, and who was just a disaster. I know he's played pretty well recently for the Sharks, but he was terrible in Pittsburgh, and Jeff Petrie never fit. He was making too much money. They wanted to get rid of him, and same with Jan Ruta. So to get rid of all those salaries and to be able to afford Carlson, I still think was a win for the Penguins, even if they still have many flaws. Uh, Perhaps the bigger problem for Kyle Dubas was, you know, some of the money he did spend this past summer hasn't worked out so far. Matt Nieto hasn't been very good. Uh, Noel Chari hasn't been very good. Um, Those are, you know, two guys right there in the bottom six that they wanted to be better and they haven't. Uh, Lars Eller has been pretty good, hasn't scored a lot, but he's not going to score a lot. He's going to play good defense and, that's that's what he has done. Um, can Kyle do anything else? Uh, you know, I, I suspect he will make a move or two before the deadline uh, to try to help that bottom six, which is just such of a glaring weakness. But like every other team in the league, they're up against the cap, and that's something they will need to contend with. And and I'm interested. It's a little too early to be talking about the trade deadline. Eh, maybe on talk radio, it's never too early to be talking about the trade deadline. I don't know, but. Kyle Dubas talked today to the media for the first time in a couple of months here in Pittsburgh, and and he basically said, I'm going to assess this team at the All-Star break, um, which came across as I will be a buyer at the All-Star break if this team starts playing better and gets close to playoff position. If they don't, maybe some other decisions need to be made. So it'll be an interesting uh, few weeks here for the Penguins until the break. Yeah, there's, you know, sometimes we'll see a few trades right before uh, Christmas. Some teams don't like to do it just because it uproots family and all that stuff. But if the deal can be made, sometimes I've seen them wait until right after Christmas and all of a sudden there's a flurry of announcements on December 28th. And, you know, you know a flurry is probably a hyperbole there, but uh, a few of them. And, you know, there are some teams like you look at the East and, you know, you've got your top teams for sure. But, uh, like, I don't think people like the Metro Division especially. 
Like, I don't think people are really yet believing in Philly. Washington is, I don't know how they keep winning, but they do. They don't give up any goals, but their power play is actually worse than the Penguins, which is mind-blowing to me <laughs> that somehow there's a team worse than them. And, you know, the Islanders, uh, I, I'm still not sold on the Islanders. I think they just got through a stretcher. They beat up on some bad teams. I don't think they're that good. So, you know, the Penguins, the Devils, and the Hurricanes are the three teams I still think can make the playoffs, Josh. But at some point, they got to get going. Right. No, you're right about the division. Um, it hasn't been as top-heavy as I was expecting. The Devils have really been a disappointment so far. Um, Carolina and the Rangers, though, those are playoff teams, I'm sure. Uh, the Rangers are kind of running away with it right now. And by the way, you mentioned Washington. I feel like we're not talking enough about what's going on there. Um, I don't think they're very good either. I'm not sure how they're winning. Alex Ovechkin has five goals in 25 games. That's I think crazy. one of them at least was an empty netter. Two. Um I mean, oh, really? Okay, let's see. I mean, he and I, I saw him play in person once this year. Oh, boy, he does not look himself. I, I do wonder if age is really uh, catching up to the great Ovechkin. I, I don't see Washington or Philly as playoff teams. I still think the Penguins will have their chance. Um, but I, I don't know that I'd bet on it right now. I, I don't know that their goaltending will be this good the rest of the season the way it has been. Penguins are the oldest team in hockey. They've only had, I think, three back-to-back so far this year. Uh, those really pick up in the second half, and that's not going to help uh, the oldest team in the league, I wouldn't think. And we also saw Crosby and Malkin really wear down in the second half of last season. They just have to play so many minutes, especially Crosby. And Crosby has the most faceoffs taken in the league. He still plays huge minutes. Um, they really need some of their depth to step up and be better because they, they just don't look like a playoff team to me right now. No, no, not at all. Um, quickly, uh, give me your thoughts on the New York Rangers. Are you a believer in the Rangers? Um, yeah, I, I think they're really good. I, I think their goaltending is why Rangers fans should be really exciting, excited right now. I mean, I, I wasn't really a believer in them before the season. I thought they were a playoff team. I didn't think they were a cup team. Um, but when I assess the Eastern Conference, I think they're definitely one of the best two or three teams, and I think they will have a chance when you have a goaltender as good as Shesterkin, um, and boy, their backup's been awfully good too, Jonathan Quick, um, that's going to give you a chance in any series. So I, I don't know that I would say they're the favorite in the East, but if, if you want to consider them that right now, I could certainly see why. I, I don't think they're fluky. I, I think they're going to finish with, you know, better than 100 points, and I think they'll have a real chance to make a run. Josh, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate your time. Have a good one. Uh, my pleasure. Take care. That is uh, Josh Yoey from The Athletic in Pittsburgh. Oh, for 37. How is that possible? How is it possible with all the um, talent they have on that team? I love this. They've given up a shorthanded breakaway in three consecutive games. What? Well, so you got to think eventually when they get one, maybe it's like uh, players. All of a sudden, it'll uh, open up the floodgates and they'll be confident again on the power play. But right now, it looks awful. Absolutely awful. 439. We'll come back. We've got uh, five questions. Also, we'll update you in the month of giving. We'll get that rocking and rolling in the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley as we uh, roll through. Lovely Monday afternoon. A doubleheader. Monday night football with the game starting the exact same time. And... The uh, NFL is suggest now, which, you know what? I wonder if they just look and say, hey, you know what? Do people on Monday Nighters now care more about it being their team rather than just watching it? 
And will this allow us to uh, gain more viewers rather than having one national game? The NFL, I'll say this. They are never afraid of trying new things. Now, they're obviously a, a money-making juggernaut, so maybe they can afford to, but they don't look away at trying different things. So you have the uh, the two Monanders tonight. You have the Packers and the uh, Giants, and then uh, Tennessee and the uh, Dolphins, both starting at the exact same time. I don't recall seeing that. Uh, I know that like, they've staggered them before, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half apart, cons, but... Uh, We'll see if this might be the new wave of a uh, two game. Because think about it, on Sunday you have seven games at eleven o'clock. Right, you have a few games in the afternoon starting the same time. So, would it matter that much? I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess we'll find out. It'll be interesting to see. You know, if you're not a Packers, Giants, or Dolphins, Titans fan, it seems like to me. The obvious choice is the Finns game. I mean, you, you get that offense. Oh, Tyree Kill, you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, they're just so fun to watch. Yeah. I guess, you know, maybe Jordan Love has something in him. Uh, he should. They should beat the Giants in New York. But uh, Dolphins 5-0 and at home. The Titans 0-6 on the road this year. So will it continue? I think yes. 14-point favorites for Miami in this one. The only competitive thing might be is if the Titans can find a way to cover the spread. Yeah. Uh, let's get to five questions brought to you by The Brick. You can save up to $1,400 on sofas right now, uh, $1,700 on sectionals, and 25% off home, entertainment, furniture, and fireplace right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, question number one. With salary being a factor, do you think the Oilers need Campbell in the NHL eventually, or would you be okay to roll with a Skinner-Pickard combo going forward? Well, if salary cap's the issue, they're better off not having him in the uh, in the NHL because you save more money having him in the minors. So um, it frees up a spot on the roster for your team. So if it's just based on that, then it makes more sense. Here's the thing about Jack Campbell. I am done. Campbell's contract's irrelevant. If he's playing well, he comes up. Maybe. But he's got to play really well. And so far, we haven't seen that. He's got an 887 save percentage in the AHL, for goodness sakes. Like, Jack Campbell might never play another game for the Edmonton Orders. And I'm at the point now where out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not focusing every day on Jack. Because he could have one good start. To me, it's irrelevant. Jack Campbell's at the point now where he needs multiple, multiple, multiple good starts before he'd consider recalling him barring an injury. Yeah, I mean, and I thought earlier today on Fantasy Frenzy, I mean, that kind of gives you that luxury that Pickard can go out there and give you a quality start here and there. There's no rush to bring up Jack Campbell. You don't even have to worry about it. He can stay down there, try to figure his game out. If there's a point where he comes up and has success, that's great. But right now, I think you're good with Skinner and Pickard. And I've always said this, coaches, you can't worry about salary. <laughs> it's not your it's not your problem what the player makes. You've got to put the best team out there every night. Question number two. Random fact, Evan Bouchard has more points than Austin Matthews this season. With that being said, fill in the blank. Evan Bouchard is a top blank. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Offensive defenseman. Hmm. Well, offense, you have to include everything, right? Obviously, I think playing on this power play is an advantage for any defenseman. I think that's been proven from Clefbaum to Nurse to Barry to Bouchard. Now, Bouchard has one thing that none of those three had, was he has an absolute bomb of a shot. But, you know, he's not Kale McCarr. I don't think he's Carlson offensively. I don't think he's Quinn Hughes uh, offensively. Um, he He's probably hovering around, like, top seven, right? He's probably fourth to seven. You know, some are going to argue Zach Wierenski has a better track record, for sure, as an offensive defensive. Victor Hedman. Would uh, would get some consideration, right? Bouchard, he's he's young. He has the advantage of the Oilers' power play for sure. But even 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 strength points, I th- I think he's like ninth or tenth in even strength points, which is pretty good. So, um, right now today, I will say top seven with room to improve. Yeah, I mean, I I was gonna say top five. He's third in points scored, and like you said, there's other guys you could make the argument for. Obviously, the power play is going to help him, but. I'm going to give him the upside here and say top five when it comes to Evan Bouchard ranking in NHL. Offensive defenseman. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander named Canadian Athlete of the Year. Would you say he was the right pick? Oh, he had an unbelievable season. I, I love that they picked him. Honestly, I think he was, you know, sometimes, you know, they're looking, oh, this equal representation at the times, I think, can be maybe a little bit uh, overdone. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, if, if it's, I'm not saying that you can't, we shouldn't have equal rep, but you can't, well, you know what? We got to give it to this person because this sport hasn't won. Well, why? If somebody's had an unreal year, why not? So I find like hockey players probably get overlooked a lot sometimes and, uh, NBA guys. So yeah, Gilgis Alexander was, it was top five score in the NBA last year. Top five score in a global game. Of course he should have won. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally good with it. All NBA team. All star, uh, you know the All NBA team doesn't just get handed out. It's it's quite the accomplishment. So I, I think it's maybe a bit of a uh, well, it's tough that he's playing in OKC. Maybe the, the fans don't get to see him as much as they could if he was playing in a bigger market. But the guy's a heck of a talent, and we're all going to be supporting him in uh, Paris in a couple months here. So good for him. Happy to see it, and definitely deserved. Question number four. We had a little NFL MVP debate on Fantasy Frenzy earlier today, Brandon Douglas and myself. So you can go outside the box if you want, but Purdy, Dak, and Tua were, were getting a lot of love. Uh, who would be your MVP right now? So it's interesting because so you mentioned Purdy and you mentioned Dak and you mentioned Tua. <laughs> well, who has more passing yards than all of them? Who has fewer interceptions than all of them? C.J. Stroud. 
Now, his team overall I don't think is as good. He doesn't have the defense that those teams have. Uh, And I also, like, Brock Purdy, I know everybody's giving love for Brock Purdy, and I understand it, but he's got C.J. McCaffrey. I would argue that C.J. McCaffrey could be in the conversation for the MVP. And I look at um, Tyree Kill. Like, Tyree Kill could be. Now, I know they're going to say he doesn't touch the ball as much as a quarterback, and I get all that, but... And I think there's some other guys. So I, I would probably put Dak ahead of Brock and Tua because he doesn't have Mc, now he's, he's got CJ, you know, he's got DC or CD Lamb. He's good, but he's not Tyree Kill numbers this year and he doesn't have McCaffrey either. So I might have to go by that just stickly. I'll say Dak based on that. I mean, you said a lot of things I, I said earlier on today. Uh, yeah, without Christian McCaffrey, how good would Brock Purdy be? He's the safety valve. He establishes the run. I don't know. Uh, without the weapons and the scheming that Tua has in Miami with Coach McDaniel and Jalen Waddell, you know, with all the plethora of running backs they have that are like f- sub 4-4, four, four, sub 4-3, four, I mean, he's in a great situation. So I, I lean Dak. Uh, the running game hasn't been as good with Pollard this year, and CeeDee Lamb's a heck of a player, but I, I just love what Dak has done the last six, seven weeks, kind of. He, he's been lighting up the league. And beat the Eagles, that was uh, a lot of the detractors were saying beat Philly. Well, he did that, and he was pretty good. So I lean Dak right now. Could change. Other guys deserve to be in the conversation. Final question for you, Gregor. I know you're a fan of the crew. Nikki Six turned 65 years old today. So favorite Motley Crue song and 80s band? Ooh, favorite Motley Crue song. Oh, my goodness. I love the crew. There's uh Ah, who would I go with? I'm just trying to remember listening to the album. I'm going to try to... You know what? I might. I'm. It's not their best song, but I'm gonna go with "Bastard" just because of the uh, memories I have of listening to that album with my dad and that song specifically, right? From uh, the "Shout at the Devil" album. So I'll probably go with that. And how about a favorite band from the '80s? Would it be Motley Crue? Um. Yeah, like we're talking like metal band. Yeah, you go, you go any direction you want with this one. Um, I guess I'll stick with uh, uh, Metal Band. Uh, yeah, I might go GNR. They're late 80s, though, but yeah, I might go with them. Okay, I will uh, I will lean with Livewire. I always like that one. Mm. I try to sneak it in every once in a while here. And 80s bands, I don't know. I kind of just was born at the end of the 80s, so I kind of caught the end. Scrolling through some of the highest-selling albums of the 80s, I do notice ACDC's Back in Black. Big fan of ACDC. You just need some uh, some good rocks. I'll, I'll say ACDC. It's not bad. There's this this could be a heated debate. I'm like, okay. Who are your favorite? It doesn't mean we didn't say the best. I want to make that abundantly clear, right? Um, the best is is very, you know, there's bands that had huge success that I just, I was like, okay, I can see why people like him. It's not my music, right? And so it doesn't mean they're bad. But so we're not saying best, so don't freak out because I know people get fired up about music. But, you know, like, man, ACDC was around for so long, but in the 80s they had some major hits, right? Um, There's, you know, there's lots of different bands. The Police, if we're going different genres. um, You know, Def Leppard pretty big in the 80s. Foof. Bon Jovi, 
right? There's lots of I'm mean, missing tons, right? Van Halen, right? Um, the Cars, heck, Metallica. They're pretty big. God, I love ZZ Top mainly for the beards. So, oh, they're the Queen. Oh, man, there'd be lots of uh, good ones that were around in the eighties, but some of them lasted longer than the eighties, right? That's where it's becomes a little bit of a challenge. So. But, uh, yeah, there's people get fired up, right? Lots of U2 fans coming in on text. Uh, Peter, guys, it's Def Leppard, hands down. Yeah, see, it all depends on what you liked. There was lots of, there was lots of good options, right? Like, is there – do you th- now, music just changes and evolves. I don't know if there's as many bands of that genre today. There's still some. But like there was a like we didn't mention Helix like there's lots of like there was a lot of different options that you had back then Black Sabbath if you wanted to go really uh, a little bit deeper maybe so yeah different time now there's uh, on what the music is so hey Gregor what about Fox in New York yeah Fox would be in my my top seven for sure um, he doesn't. The one thing that the one thing that separates Bouchard from a lot of these guys is Fox doesn't have the shot that Bouchard has. Very few guys do. And it's not just having a heavy shot; it's the a willingness to use it, timing to use it, and the accuracy. And I think that's what's really impressed me for Bouchard here lately is the accuracy. We're not seeing. When was the last time you saw Bouchard miss high? Right, that's something that I think uh, has been, and he's a young player, but that's been a big improvement for Bouchard, missing high or just missing the net. You don't see him missing as much lately. Guys are going to miss every now and then, of course, but I think he's getting pucks on goal way more frequently, which is a is huge advantage, huge advantage. So, hey, Gregor, if you're going country, Alabama, well, so yeah, we can go lots of different genres here. Right, we could go a little. Uh, there's some good rap bands. Hey, I'm taking the Beastie Boys. You kidding me? Love them. So. All depends on uh, what you were thinking about. Hey, Gregor, what do the orders have to attach to get rid of Campbell from Rage Texter B? Oof, not more. Uh, trust me, it's going to be more in a first rounder. He's owed way too much money for an owner to just take him. He's a guy. He's an eight eighty seven save percentage in the American League right now. That's what he is. Hey, Gregor, maybe there's a Peter Shirelli out there. What do the orders have to give up to get? Griffin Reinhardt, wasn't he the equivalent of an AHL defenseman similar to Campbell as a goalie? From Frank. It's a good point, Frank. So uh, your tell- difference was he was a young guy that the Orders organization grossly overrated. Campbell's an older guy that everybody's seen his struggles. So a little bit different, but uh, I like the creativity of thinking. I like it. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get to a uh, spec in the final hour. We know it. everybody's waiting. Uh, hey, what time's the bidding end? So I know you're interested, which is great. But so now we'll pump it up a little bit. So Connor isn't just r- struggling in the uh, final five minutes to take all the bids. We'll still take them, though. Don't worry. But if you want to make your bid now, you can. 833-401-1440. Our month of giving package today is a suite, 12-person suite to the order game on the 18th of January. Against the Seattle Kraken, it includes two underground parking passes, so you get right uh, inside access, right to the elevator, right up to the suite level. It's great. And you get a $750 food and beverage credit in your suite that night. So you be your group shows up, you get some drinks, everything. You'll be rocking and rolling, some good food. It'll be awesome. So right now, it's Trent has it at a bargain at 5 k So we're helping out the Christmas Bureau, so let's pump that up a little bit. 833-401-1440. Hell, the orders might not lose again until January 18th. 
The rate they're going, you never know. Maybe they'll have one loss, another 10-gamer. So the excitement of the building will be pretty high, and you can be there have a lot of fun. Let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year in your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.